0: all right what's well, happening everybody welcome to the gonzo and the judge sports talk monday january 2nd 2023 first show in the new year uh got a lot to talk about tonight just saw one of the crazy one of the craziest things i've ever watched live on tv uh during this uh buffalo bills and uh, cincinnati Bengals game where uh
1: Lamar hamlin
0: made a tackle looked like a normal routine play really got up and then all of a sudden just collapsed uh Been reports when he left on the ambulance that he uh, had a pulse but wasn't breathing on his own. Right now, he's in critical condition in a Cincinnati hospital. So before we get started, thoughts and prayers with him and his family. uh, Joined by always the
2: sports judge, Jonathan Mathis. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? It's a very somber night in the sports world. Um, The world witnessed a very devastating injury to a young man who – you know, is living out his dream as an NFL player and you know um suddenly he collapsed on the field, you know, just a, a horrifying scene for all of us. Um um very jarring, very chilling, um, very frightening. Um and I I, I mean prayers are go up for him. I, I hope, you know, that he comes out of this and that
0: you know, um, there is a miracle for this young for this young man. We're also joined by the stat guy tonight. how's it going the stat guy
1: uh not much kind of just to pick off of what Jonathan said uh we expect severe injuries to happen in football. we expect people to be carried off on a stretcher or off on an ambulance at some point, but we don't expect to see. What happened tonight happened, where a player needs to be administered CPR not once but twice on the field. That's more than just a normal football injury.
0: Oh yeah, way more. Yeah. And from what I just, from what I'm hearing, they had done CPR for like nine, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's not a good sign. But, uh, like I said thoughts and prayers with them. That's all we can really do now. And then, I know a lot of people didn't how the NFL handled it, I think – I understand it took a little time because they had to talk to everybody. So I'm not going to really get on the NFL real big on that. Only thing I thought they'd done wrong is they should have never made the announcement that they were going to start back in five minutes uh, because there was no way you were going to start playing football again in five minutes. Um, But I'm glad they they decided not to finish the game tonight, and then we'll see what they decide to do. But uh, like I said, I've watched football for 33 years now. Somewhere around there, probably maybe a few more years than that. And I mean, I've seen some bad injuries, but I've seen a hell of a lot worse hits than that. And that's, and that's, like I said, I've, ne- I've never witnessed something like that live where somebody just collapses like that and then everything else that happens. So it was, I mean, you, like you guys said, it's a competitive sport. You just don't, you don't want to ever see anybody have their life threatened uh, out there, out there playing
1: a the game. Yeah. And from what, from what I understand, the initial report when he got to the hospital was that he suffered a cardiac arrest, which is basically a nice way to say he suffered a heart attack. Yeah. And anytime you're administered CPR, like I said, not once but twice, and then you're put on life support when you get to the hospital and then you're intubated, it's, it's not a good sign. I mean, there was an update a couple of minutes ago saying that his vitals are back to normal. which is a good sign, but the fact that he did go into cardiac arrest, obviously there's going to be more testing that needs to get done, but I'm not going to be surprised if he never plays another down in the NFL again because there has to be some underlying condition that they did not discover when they originally gave him his physical for something like this to happen. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't think – and when you're – I mean, if you don't have a pulse for nine minutes and they're working on you, man, that, that can cause a lot of... I hate, I hate to even talk like that, but it can cause a lot of brain damage and and, and other things. So I, I agree with you. I, I think his days of playing football are over. And, but, uh, and, right now, the biggest concern is him being okay and being able to
2: right. live, live and, at least a, fu- a functioning life. And, you know, that's the thing, right? Football is a very violent, dangerous sport. It's a contact sport. We see players being carted off the field. We've seen players, uh, you know, get stretchered off the field. We've seen players get put in an ambulance and taken to a local hospital. Um, But this was a different – this had a different feel to it. This had a more uh, um, chilling, jarring, frightening feel to it. And it was something that we've never seen before. I mean, I've never, like you just said moments ago, Chris, we've never seen anything like this. Um, This is unprecedented. Uh, 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 We're talking about life and death here. We're, We're talking about a man that was down on the field who couldn't breathe. You know, and it was great to see the brotherhood out there tonight. The unity out there on the field, players coming together. Uh, you saw players burying their faces in towels, uh, sobbing. Uh, these players were an emotional wet wreck. And, and you, you, you know, it was just hard to imagine uh, seeing this game continue on. You know, you you had to cancel this game. And that was the right move because the last thing on their minds was a damn football game. You know they 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 don't care about that football game, they they care about the well being and the status and the health and the safety of that young man that collapsed on the field tonight. So I, I mean that's more concerning than than the football game. The the football game that's secondary. Football is secondary. This this we're talking about a matter of life and death. So it was great to see the two coaches come together, both Sean McDermott and, and Zach Taylor, they met, you know, near, near the sideline. Uh, you saw them deliberating, talking things over. Um, and it, it was nice to see the compassion and the empathy from those two guys. And you know, and all these players that had on pads tonight, they realized that this could be them as well. And and I think everyone out there on that field, including the fans, that were in attendance tonight, I think they all understood the gravity of the situation, and they understood that this was bigger than football. This, this is somebody's life we're talking about.
1: Yeah. And like you said, how everybody kind of realized that this was a game and – His health was more important, but didn't you get the impression that the NFL was doing whatever they could do to have this game continue? But I think the coaches and the players said, no, we're not going to continue this game. And that's when the NFL decided to pull it. Because it really seemed like the NFL was basically, oh, we'll give you five minutes to warm up. And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, we're like well, since you're not warming up, we'll give you a little bit of time to go in the locker room and figure out if you guys want to play. And then it got to the point where I just think everyone said, no, we're not going to play.
2: I mean, how can you play under those circumstances?
1: Yeah, how- no, that's, that's, no, that's, you, what, I'm, that's mean- what I'm saying, though. It seemed right. like the NFL was like trying to force them to play for a little bit just because of how like when you're not doing anything for almost 30 minutes on the field as you're working on one of these players and then your response is, oh, we're going to give you five minutes to warm up? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, that's know, kind, of, that's like kind of like a dick response to even give the team.
2: That would have so, been I'd a great like thing to do.
0: So I'd like to know who, who decided the five minutes, if that came from just the referee or if that was – you know I mean, if that was passed down from somebody up, up – It, in the the it was that, passed down. That was down. the only thing I didn't like was the five minutes. I, yeah, it was the, passed the, down. The they from everything, the, everything else I thought, I thought was pretty good.
1: It was passed down from the – league office just because they were on the phone communicating the whole time so it came from the league office that's why I think it got to the point where coaches and players said no we're not going to play this game because I think the league was trying to force them to play knowing the magnitude of this game and it just got to the point where nobody on Buffalo for that matter was going to be mentally stable to play that game. Exactly. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, I think they would have been fine. They might have taken them a little bit, but because it wasn't their teammate, I don't think they would have been as affected. But you, can, I guarantee I guarantee you that Buffalo probably does not get another first down the rest, of the rest of the first half, and they might not even score a point the rest of the game. So I don't think they would have been anybody mentally stable enough to even play that game for Buffalo tonight.
2: I don't think any of those players were well equipped to uh, continue on with that game. Are to play another down in that game. Um, you can see the emotions on their face. You you can see you can see um, um, how emotionally um, yeah. disturbed those guys were. They they were emotionally distraught. Uh, you could see the shock over their faces. Um, it was one of those nights where you know. it it just couldn't continue. You you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't, you you couldn't just play football. Okay. Let's go back out there and and play a game. No, no. Um, You know, it was just too much. It was just too much on their mind. And after seeing that horrifying event, how can you continue on? How can you, how can, how are you supposed to play the rest of the night? I mean your your focus is not gonna be there and and you saw Stefan Diggs on the sideline doing everything to try to get his players uh, charged and refocused um, that really didn't matter because those players went back to standing on the sideline motionlessly um, they really didn't have the the same spirit or that competitive drive and uh, and and it showed from their body language and, and just the way they were conducting themselves on the sidelines. So I think this was a great decision by the NFL and by the coaching staff on both teams and the players as well to not, you know, finish the rest of this game, to not resume play. Um, you know, this is bigger than football. Again, it's, I, it's somebody's life.
1: I guess the big question is now, though, when do they finish this game and how do they make it work with basically this being we'll the last week of the regular season Sunday. now? Because there, there, is, there is no game on Thursday night. So the solution that I think I thought about was you have these two teams play either Wednesday or Thursday, since there's no game Wednesday or Thursday. But then at the same time, who they play on Sunday, you would have to essentially push them back to – Monday or Tuesday next week. And then depending on what happens in the playoffs, then you might have to push their playoff game back even further. So I think that right now you're looking at this game. I don't think this game is played tomorrow. I think it'll go Wednesday. I think these teams will end up playing then. I think it'll be a doubleheader next Monday where Cincinnati will play Baltimore next Monday. Buffalo will play new England next Monday. And then when the playoffs start, if Buffalo has the number one seed, they don't got to worry about it because they have that first round by anyways. But if Cincinnati has to play opening week, and then they're going to have to play that Monday night wildcard game just to be on a normal schedule. Yeah. You're, if this if this, yeah. if this, this game didn't have the implications that it had, where win or lose, these teams...
0: Yeah, they weren't even worried about
1: it. Yeah, like if win or lose, neither one of these teams would have moved up or moved down in the standings, they would have just called it a tie. And just been like, you can't move up in the standings. You can't move down in the standings. We're just going to call this game a tie. We're just going to get to week 18 and be done with it. But the fact that if Cincinnati wins this game, they they would have the tiebreaker over both Buffalo and Kansas City, where Cincinnati could take that number one seed next weekend if Kansas City lost to Las Vegas. But if Buffalo <laughs> wins, then they go back to being the number one seed ahead of Kansas City. So there's so many... Moving yeah. parts attached to this game that they have to finish it. It's just a matter of how soon do they finish it, and how can they do it safely to give Cincinnati and Buffalo enough rest to get ready for Week 18, and then give that team that's going to be playing in Wild Card Week enough rest to be ready for that first playoff game.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's going. That's going. It's going to be interesting to uh, see how, what they do because I think maybe, like you said, they play Monday night. I mean. Uh, or try to play this game maybe Wednesday and then play uh, these teams on Monday night. But then you're like you said, then you're running in, you could be given a team short, uh, a short week going into the wild card weekend. And you you don't want that. You want everybody to be on pretty even playing field going into the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Uh, Regardless. Yeah. Regardless of what happens, given the situation that we're in right now, the, the, whoever plays wild card weekend out of these teams, whether it's Cincinnati or whether it's Buffalo, I think it's a safe bet that they're going to be the ones playing on Monday just because now their schedule is going to be so off kilter and so out of whack that the only way to give them a fair advantage is to put them on Monday.
0: Damon said that he said NFL did say they're playing the game tomorrow. I I haven't seen that anywhere yet.
1: I haven't seen it, but it doesn't surprise me just because, like I said –
0: I figured it'd be tomorrow or Wednesday. I was hoping maybe yeah. Wednesday. But like I a-
1: said, you can essentially move in. both these games to Monday night then to keep them pretty much on a normal six-day routine. Yeah. Like if you would play on Monday night and then Sunday night again, you could keep them on that normal six-day window. And then whoever's got to play the following week in the playoffs, keep them on that seven-day window and stick them on Monday night again.
0: Yeah, before we move on and talk a little more stuff, I did I did like the way that the players went and, and surrounded them. That way, the cameras and, and everything couldn't get in there, because uh, you know these these media there it have been they had been up there as close as they could have got, that didn't that didn't need to be seen on TV.
1: Yeah, and I do I do want to give um Troy Aikman and Joe Buck a ton of credit too for how they handled the situation for how they kind of obviously they didn't know what was going on obviously they didn't know like what to expect but they still had a job too. they still had to broadcast a game and give us something just because that's their job they're paid to give us that even if they don't want to give us that but i thought they handled the situation very professionally in doing what they could do to kind of keep everybody informed But yet again, at the same time, kind of take everybody's focus off of what was going on, basically saying this is what's going on. We'll let you know when we know more. And they kind of just kept going to commercials like every basically every two minutes they would pop in, give us an update, go to a commercial, pop in, give us an update, go to a commercial for as much hate that
0: or they go to the the studio for a few minutes.
1: Yeah, for as much hate as Joe Buck takes from a lot of NFL fans for the way he broadcasts some of his games, I do want to give them a ton of credit tonight for just how they handle the situation that I guarantee nobody knows how to handle until they're actually put in that position.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think they – I agree with you. I think they did a damn good job um, from the broadcast booth, not knowing the situation or the severity of the situation – and they still found a way to uh, call that game um, while we were in the while we were at a pause. It was simply uh, great stuff from both of those guys.
0: Says, uh, do we know any more information on the situation?
1: Yeah, uh, the, no, the last yeah, the only thing that we know is his vitals have come back to normal. Yeah. He's gonna go undergo obviously further testing tonight. And the only thing they have really said, the only thing that they have really said was he suffered a cardiac arrest. And I know none of us here are doctors, but cardiac arrest is basically a nice way to say he suffered a heart attack without saying he suffered a heart attack.
0: Is he, uh, is he back to breathing on his own yet?
1: I don't know if he's back to breathing on his own yet. No, I just, sure. like I said, I know the vitals have returned to normal, which means they can take that. Intubator out of them, which is like the tube they put down your throat to help you breathe. So when your vitals go back to normal, they can at least take that part out of you. But I don't know in terms of if he's breathing on his own. All I know is he's still in level one trauma, which basically means he has a team of doctors just sitting by him 24 7 in case something happens and they need to operate. So he's pretty much still in like the highest yeah. level of trauma at this point, just until they can figure out what to do next.
0: Oh, no, unfor- unfortunately, I, I, w- I don't think he'll be back in the NFL. Because, like, man. Because it almost makes you think that maybe there was something like Dustin said earlier that didn't get picked up in his physical because, that would, I mean, it wasn't like it. We've seen big a whole – I mean, we've seen a lot of bigger collisions than that. uh so, so You know what I mean? So, but on the same token, like I was talking to my dad, when the crashed, we'd seen a lot – worse crashes than that than people walk away from and he didn't. So, I mean, weird things happen, but it's just crazy. Cause it just looked like a normal football play. And then all of a sudden boom, he's on the ground.
1: Yeah. The only thing that I can think of, and obviously I'm not going to speculate anything here. Cause I'm not a doctor, but the only thing that I can think of, it's either got to be something with an irregular heartbeat or that situation where you're born with a hole in your heart And that's not discovered until something like this happens because you can't... When you go through a normal physical in sports, you really can't detect a hole in your heart, especially if your heart is beating normal. And if your heart is acting normal, something like that's not going to be picked up during a physical. Yeah. So this is something he could have had his entire life, but he was just never affected by it until tonight. So no matter what physical he went through it could have came back as a clean physical because that physical is not going to pick something like this up until something like this happens.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. And I'm just all that they were talking about T Higgins and yeah, just think what's going through his mind because he, you know, I mean, he was the one, him and that collided with uh, Hamlin. So, I mean, it's just, it's yeah, it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see, but I think all in all it was handled pretty well tonight. Uh, but for a situation that you're just, it's hard to prepare for something like this.
2: And for those players, it definitely affects your, your well being and your mental health as well, because they witnessed it.
0: Yep. Yeah. But let's, Uh, I know it's been a crazy night, so it's kind of hard, different talking about sports, but Judge, what happened to your USC Trojans today, brother?
2: What happened? I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> I watched that game. I and did too. <laughs> it's been the same theme all year with USC. Defense. The defense is not able to get the stops. They rely heavily on forced turnovers that they couldn't really get in this game. Um. And they simply collapsed. You know, if you look up the word collapse in the dictionary, a picture of USC will be right there next to it. USC clearly had this game in the bag because they were up by as much as 15 against Tulane. But Tulane's ability to win stemmed from the resiliency it showed all afternoon. And this game kind of went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And when you thought the green wave were done, you know, they powered their way back into this game, uh, found themselves down in the game, but somehow made it a ball game towards the end of the game. And then with eight seconds remaining, they take the lead, their first lead of the afternoon. It was a crazy turn of events for USC. I thought overall, USC did his thing offensively. You saw Caleb Williams, how outstanding he was in this game. He was he was he was simply remarkable in the game. He was brilliant as he's been all season long. You know, he made plays uh he showed off his electric playmaking abilities um he was extending plays with his legs while you know keeping his team focused um in the moment and i i think with the protection up front it allowed him to to you know find his his playmakers uh down the field and he was delivering uh touchdown strikes but then you look at Tulane and the quarterback that they have in Michael Pratt, who led a game-winning drive uh, that included multiple oh, no. third, fourth down conversions. He and completed then he, for the touchdown strike. He so,
0: four passes on that last drive, and he'd already completed three and, the rest of the game.
2: Exactly. So <laughs> that that tells you that tells you everything you need to know about USC and their defense. The defense is weak. The defense can't be trusted. The defense clearly let down the USC offense and that was the the storyline in this game.
1: So in other words, Jonathan, are you talking about the Minnesota Viking defense of college football?
2: Hey, that's a great comparison. I think that's a fair comparison. I think you can absolutely say that.
0: I, I agree with you about their defense and then you had that stupid play where you end up getting a safety and that let Tulane right back in it. But Lincoln Riley's gonna have to. I know it's his first year there, so I can't get on him too much for this season. But he's gonna have to build a defense, and that was what his problem was in Oklahoma as well, was on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they have a right now, especially while you have Williams. If you can get a defense, while you have that Williams there, uh, U USC can compete. But it, but you got to get a better defense, man. That defense is terrible.
1: Not to not to get off topic for a minute, because I got you guys a question about the NFL really quick that I wanted to ask before we switched over. Oh, yeah. So they did just drop the week 18 schedule. And they flexed the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions yeah. into Sunday night football. I personally thought they were going to put Jacksonville and Tennessee at the Sunday night game because that game was for the division. Looking at how they did this and how they flexed this game, this leads me to believe that the NFL is fixed. And the reason why I say that is the only way Detroit can make the playoffs is if Seattle loses to the Rams and if Detroit beats Green Bay. If Green Bay beats Detroit, they get in no matter what the Seahawks do. Yeah. The fact that they flex Detroit and Green Bay into the 7 o'clock slot, Detroit's going to know whether or not they're in the playoffs before that game even starts. Because Seattle plays at 3 o'clock. If Seattle wins that game against the Rams, what does Detroit even have to play for?
0: Detroit has to beat Green well, that'd be Green Bay to get in, wouldn't they?
1: No, Seattle beat Detroit, so Seattle has the head-to-head. The only way Detroit can make the playoffs is if they beat Green Bay and Seattle loses. Well,
0: that, That's what I'm saying. Detroit has to win that game against Green Bay.
1: Yeah, but what I'm saying is if Seattle wins, Detroit can't get in if they win on Sunday night. So if Seattle beats the Rams, Detroit is eliminated no matter what happens in that Sunday night game. So essentially, Detroit's going to know what their playoff fate is before that game even starts. So if Seattle beats the Rams, which I think they're going to, what does Detroit even have to play for on Sunday night? They should have had Seattle and the Rams playing at 3, and they should have had the Packers and Lions playing at 3 o'clock also. So neither one of those teams knows what the other team is doing until the game is over. It's kind of like a fixed situation because now the Lions are going to know their playoff fate before that game even starts. They're going to know, well, Seattle won. So no matter what we do, we can't make the playoffs. And if Green Bay beats Detroit, Green Bay's in no matter what Seattle does. Yeah,
0: yeah. Green Bay's the only one out of the three.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of why I think the NFL is fixed because nine out of ten times if there are two teams tied for the division lead or the division lead – is on the line in that final game of the season, that is the game that gets flexed into that final week, which is why Jacksonville and Tennessee should have been flexed into that final Sunday night game because they're actually battling for the division. I would have been fine if the Packers and Lions got moved to 3 o'clock because then they're playing at the same time as Seattle is. No one's going to know the results of how the other team is doing until those games are over. Now it's just like, oh, Seattle won at 3 o'clock okay, Jared Goff, you're not going to start today. Okay, I'm on Ross St. Brown, you're not starting tonight because we can't make the playoffs anyway, so what's the point of throwing you out there?
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I don't know if I'd say it's fixed, but I'm, I, I get your point, over that if you play that game at three, then the team don't know. But I oh don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think they moved it basically this, to the Sunday night because of Aaron, Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, which is why I think it, which
0: I
2: is why I said it it's a fixed. Green days hot stretch down uh, a hot stretch of late as well,
1: which Hopefully is another reason no why reason. I said it, which is another reason why I said it's fixed, too. So
2: yeah, what do you think, Judge? You think it's fixed? You know what? I, I hear theories. I hear theories about it, but I, I don't know to be sure. I, I don't know if the NFL is fixed or not. I, I sometimes joke about these leagues being fixed because, you know, of course it is a money making business um, at the end of the day. And, you know, there's a lot of money um, involved in, in professional sports. So, I mean, is it fixed? I'm not sure if we would ever know, you know, we can sit here and make assumptions and, and, and say that, mm-hmm. you know, this league is fixed, but I mean, I don't know, but, but Dustin, stat guy does have great points about it. And you know what he said, it, it it's, it sounds uh, real and like, it could make sense, but I don't know if I'm going to say it's, I don't know. I don't know. It, if it, it, it another, another way, you can, another way you can tell... I will say this, though. It's convoluted. It's very convoluted.
1: Another way you can tell is if you watch that Packer-Viking game, they did, they did something this morning on NFL Network. I can't remember what they did. But there was s- several occasions that Green Bay basically tackled Minnesota wide receivers. And this is not Justin Jefferson. This would be Adam Thielen, T.J. Hawkinson, and K.J. Osborne, where they pretty much were mugging Minnesota's receivers in the first two interceptions that Kirk Cousins had were because his receivers practically fell down trying to go for the ball and no pass interference was called. But yet Minnesota puts a hand on Allen Lazard. It's a 15-yard penalty for pass interference. The NFL referees dictate who they want to win late in the season because it makes things interesting for the playoffs.
0: I would, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. I, but I haven't seen enough for me to say that. Say that is fixed. But I mean, you do. You, you see. You see. Miss, I mean, we saw miss. You see, Matt missed pass interference calls a lot. And then you see. I, I. The thing I don't like is how they change. Be consistent. Call the game the same way from start to finish. If if that would have been a penalty in the first quarter, you call it. What you call it a penalty with two, with thirty seconds left, just because there's thirty yep. seconds left, don't change the way you call the game.
1: And that's another reason why I've always that's said the NFL is mean,
0: – That's what I want to see.
1: Yeah, and that's the other reason why I've always thought the NFL was rigged because you see that in every game where teams – are, or where referees are letting teams play like super physical for three and a half quarters. But then all of a sudden with five minutes left in the game, every little touch falls the penalty.
0: Yeah. But – oh, this is what I wanted to go back to real quick. Have you guys seen Skip Bayless getting killed on Twitter?
1: I am, and I disagree because I read Skip Bayless' tweet, and it may have come off insensitive, but at the same time, it wasn't. Skip Bayless was trying to make a point that the NFL is a dangerous game and people are going to get hurt. People are going to be carried off, of an- carried off in stretchers and whatnot, and it's up to the NFL to still play this game because that's what their job is. They have to play this game, but at the same time, a person's health is more important. And I think people took it the wrong way where people were trying to say that he thinks the NFL should have been playing the game without even worrying about the players' health when that wasn't the case. He was just making a point that injuries are going to happen in this game. Injuries are going to be more severe than other injuries. The NFL still has a game to be played, but they still need to make sure that the player's safety comes first.
2: Yeah, see, people are saying the same thing about me. They're saying that I, I took it the wrong way, that I'm very insensitive, Uh, I'm not insensitive, excuse me, but sensitive uh, that I, you know, that I can't read, that I'm illiterate because I didn't read the word apparently irrelevant, which was I guess the key word if you read it that way and you didn't take it out of context. But you know, maybe it's his wording. Maybe he should have reworded it or, you know, deleted the tweet and tried to convey his message much differently than the way he did because I completely took it the wrong way and it's still to me it comes off as very insensitive uh very distasteful and and very uh callous callous in the in a sense um you know you you gotta you you gotta be careful with your choice of words, especially on Twitter because people can't see your emotion on Twitter they can only see your words and what you write. Uh, so it could come off, a wrong, off the wrong way, and I do see why he's getting killed on Twitter. Also, Skip Bayless is not the most likable guy by a lot of people. So, if oh, no. one thing is said, if Skip one charged, thing is Skip dead, tries to get people that, going at times, he excites people, right? With his comments, and I just it's out. I'll be honest, all the things he says,
0: with you. I'll be honest with you, I didn't really have a problem with this tweet because did he? Maybe he tweeted it too soon, uh, but all, he, all he's really trying to say is is football is a business, and the, the business the business has to keep going. It's basically what he was That's trying true. to say. It, you know, what I mean, I mean, it's a tough situation. I mean, it, the most important thing is the guy's health, no doubt. But it does right. put the Life goes I mean, on it's on, a, but still. a billion dollar business, so I mean, it puts you in a tough situation. Just like back in when uh, Owen Hart, the Owen Hart situation that. Damien I brought up earlier in WWE where he fell fell off the rafter from yeah. the rafters during a pay-per-view event. And WWE ended up, finish, well, see, ended up finishing the well, show. See,
2: Chris, at this time, no one cares about football. No, like, I, no I, I understand I understand
0: that, but what I'm key. saying is I didn't see nothing in, in, in his tweet that was like him being trying to be like mean and malice. It was more of he, he was saying yeah, it, he came off as
2: a jerk in a sense. You know, uh people's people's gonna take it differently. Some people's gonna support his tweet and then you go have other people that's gonna say
0: I support it. I oh, just don't think yeah. it's I don't think it's that bad where he's where it's just let's go kill a dude. Uh bigger story. Yeah, that's exactly why they're uh I agree why they're putting Green Bay on Sunday night. Bigger story because they're making a but I do see Dustin's point if you have Tennessee and Jacksonville play Sunday night and then you have that game at the same time as the other game. That way, a, t- a team, uh, Detroit knows if they can, st- don't know if they can make the playoffs or not. Uh, d- d- I understand that. That can make it a little fair. Yeah, and, every- and that's the other thing. That's why Bayless says a lot of the stuff he says.
2: Right. That's his job right. to get, to get viewers I mean, To get clicks I and mean, hits.
0: That's how he's made his living. And,
2: hey, Chris, I wanted to say another thing about the Packers. The Packers are also one of NFL storied franchises. Yes. They have a quarterback by the name of Aaron Rodgers, and even though they've they've been on this emotional roller coaster all season, and they've had their ups and downs and their trials and tribulations, they're still one of the most watched NFL teams, um, in the league. And there are a lot of Packer fans. Packer fans are all over the world. Well, all over the nation. Um, oh, you're right.
0: All over the world too. They were showing.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean. You know, Packers football is is big, and you know people want to see if the Packers can't control their own destiny and win out the rest of the season and 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 reach the playoffs. And if they do, they're in the playoffs. Uh, it, it's it would be hard to believe because of the season they had. You know, they 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 got off to a bad start. You know, they couldn't find their footing. And now it's crazy to believe as many games as they lost this season, and as bad as Aaron Rodgers looked at times in this season, they can somehow survive this and see themselves in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. When, when five games in a row, and then every, everything else they needed to happen, happened. The right teams lost. Now that they could, they're the, the team out of the three teams battling for that last spot that they're the team that the only team that controls their own destiny. You, they win, they're in. So like like, uh, Dustin was saying, if the lions win, they need Seattle, they need Seattle to lose, you you know? So green Bay's the only one if they, it's when you, you win, you're in. And sometimes man, I know we put a lot of weight on that by, you want to be the number one seed, you want to get that first round by, and we see a lot of these number one seeds come in a little a lot of times start off slow because of the extra days off. And then if you think about it, look how many how many wildcard teams we've seen get hot at the right time of the year and, and make and make a deep run in the playoffs. I mean, on uh on Saturday night, or not on Saturday, but the uh, Seattle that year, what were their record like eight and nine? And they made they made a deep run in the playoffs, got hot at the right time. And, and and that's what green bay's doing right now i don't know if green bay still i still don't know if their offense is going to be explosive enough uh if when they get in the playoffs but their de- but their defense their defense is playing uh their, their defense is playing better the last three or four games than what they what they were early in the season
2: yeah <laughs> was, especially with, uh, that that, guy,
0: that guy's at work he had he had to, he had to jump off uh for for a few But he's actually now he's now he's in the uh, comments and uh, he's that guy says as a Vikings fan, I'm happy they lost. It gives him a better matchup with the Giants.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the Packers defense has stepped it up a bit uh, lately, particularly Jair Alexander, Uh, Alex, Alex. I always struggle to say Alexander. I don't know why. I don't know why I can't spit that word out, but you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, he's the
0: trash-talking he cornerback. Know the hell, you know what the hell I'm trying to say. Come on. Yeah,
2: he's the trash-talking cornerback who, you know, can get a a, a little bit too big-headed at times. Um, and, and we've seen him do some talking, particularly with his ability to shut down uh, Justin uh, Jefferson. We all saw it, and we, we, we saw him after he broke up a pass. He mocked Jordan Jefferson by performing the gritty. I don't know if you've seen it, the video. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was actually watching the game live. When he when
0: Right, he right,
2: it. right. And after the game, he has some word for who we just talked about moments ago, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Uh, he called them out basically for saying yeah. that he's a good cornerback. He wants to be declared as a as a great cornerback. Uh, he thinks he is a great cornerback, and he is. But he doesn't have to make that known publicly every week. We we know how good of a player you are. You don't have to remind us how good of a cornerback you are. We we know. We we hear you, Jair. We get you, my man. We know how good you are. So yeah, the Packers defense has played better of late, and and that's been a huge difference as well. As well as the offense. They've been clicking as well. Um, you see Christian Watson stepping up big in in that uh <clears throat> in that receiving court. <clears throat> so, you know, things are coming together for the Packers at the right time. Let me ask you this. Who do you think the Packers beat the Lions?
0: and and make the playoffs this weekend. Ooh, that's tough. You got a Lions offense that can put up a lot of points. Right. It, it's going to come down to that Green Bay defense because they can't get in a shootout with the Lions. If they get if Green Bay gets in a shootout with the Lions, I think the Lions win cuz the, yeah, the Lions will win cuz they don't have, have no explosive well. enough explosive enough offense to Now, but if their defense can stiffen up, keep them uh keep the Lions to around 20, 25 points. I think I think Green Bay I think Green Bay would have Green Bay has an excellent or a great shot. It will at winning be this game. It and will be
2: a tough I think, well, I think
0: Green Bay is going with this game. I just I think Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers
2: is going to find a way is was his
0: way into the playoffs again. I
2: think so too. I think the Green Bay Packers are going to find their way in the playoffs. I think they will beat the Lions. Now it's going to be a tall task um uh for the Packers defense um holding a team like the Lions, to 20 points if they can even do that. If they are capable of doing that, they're going to have to do everything to their power to, to keep that Lions explosive offense at bay because, like you said, those guys can put up a lot of points and they can beat you in a variety of ways. But the Lions defense has gotten better of late as well, and the Lions have played encouraging football, Lately, too. Uh, So it's going to be it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a very exciting game. There is so much at stake here. It's a much anticipated matchup. Um, It it, it should be a a fun game. It's going to be a fun watch.
0: Dad says, how many teams in the NFC do you really think have a chance to win the Super Bowl? The 49ers? I I, I would say I would say. The Eagles, the 49ers. Eagles, the 49ers. I feel the
2: most comfortable about the Cowboys if Dak Prescott clean up his right, foolish Dak. mistakes, which I don't see happening. So I guess they're not really that much of a threat. Oh,
0: come on, man. I don't, don't, don't do that to me. Tell me I look like, oh, no. I guess Aaron Rodgers ain't that, ain't terrible, ain't terrible looking. But I don't know if I look like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> Colts fan, but hey. Hey, who knows? Maybe we. Hey, Colts are looking for a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> Damian says, "I hope the game ends the a tie. Neither one of them make makes it."
2: <laughs>
0: and and actually, actually Dub, you're kind of right. Especially if I took my hat off, I will kind of let my hair grow out. And if I had my had that, it would kind of look like uh, Aaron Rodgers. Dustin says there six teams uh, in, the, in the NFC. Uh, that could win the Super Bowl. My dad says he he thinks two. Dustin says Philly Buffalo. Oh, okay.
2: Philly Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincy, and San Francisco, and Dallas. So
0: in the, in the, in the NFC, he thinks he thinks three. So three in the NFC. That's about what I think. Maybe three in the NFC. Yeah, yeah he's saying three in the AFC as well. But, <laughs> That said, the Eagle or 49ers and the Eagles are the two teams he thinks in the NFC. Damien three te- three teams: Eagles, Bucks, and Seahawks. I don't I don't Bucks think the, I don't think the Bucks or the Seahawks are, are going to be. Uh... But like I said, you never know when once you get to playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. They don't you scare anybody.
2: Dry. The Vikings don't scare anybody either. I think behind Aaron Curd and, and the, facade, vi- the Vikings if the vikings could just tighten up that defense cuz
0: i mean they, they have a pretty good offense but they're yeah they're, I say, or good offense but their defense is man is what, is, what, is what, slowing them down
2: to me they're anything but terrifying though the vikings right now but what 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 team what team is
0: terrifying in the nfc right now Shoot, the 49ers <laughs> hey i also on the 49er trade Way you, were, ago. you it, were
2: you were on the forty nine ers train while everyone was on the Eagles train and the Cowboys train.
0: <laughs> Damien said, "Damien said the Vikings need a QB. Oh man, why why all the Kirk Cousins hate? Why we got to have all the Kirk Cousins hate?" Dustin says, "Vikings scare people because they haven't." played a complete game and are still 12
2: and four. No, they scare people because they got the best wide receiver in the NFL. <laughs>
0: Dustin said bears need a QB who could throw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they fired a shot at David. Here we go. What'd you think? Uh, before, we'll get back into some NFL, but uh, over the weekend, college football playoffs had two great semifinal games and man, uh, I mean, TCU and Michigan was a great game. I think Michigan uh winning that game, maybe overlooking TCU a little bit, but the two pick sixes end up killing Michigan. And then you had Georgia and Ohio State, which was a great game. Ohio State had a real good chance of winning that game, let it slip through their fingers. Uh, it really hurt them when uh, Harrison Jr. got hurt, who, in my opinion, is the best receiver in the country uh, in, co- in college football right now. But... uh what would you think? I thought it was a a, a great Saturday of football uh, there with them two games and the games you had on the other two games before, and then you had Ohio State kicking the field goal to try to uh, win the game right at right at uh, midnight as the, turning into the new year. Uh, so it, it, it I, th- I thought it, I thought it came out pretty cool. And, yeah. Uh, I tell you what I think it's going to be interesting when the with this the playoffs expanded some it's it's going to be a I think it's going to make for some more interesting games.
2: Yes, it was a fantastic Saturday of football. You had two great college playoff games. Uh you had a a, a TCU uh team that remains uh this cute story of college football. Uh they continue to write their storybook season. Uh, which has been incredible and can you believe this too um Chris that they became the first big 12 school to win to win a college football playoff game since the format was implemented uh so that's that's huge for TCU um you know you 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 talk about what Sonny Dykes has done uh to Reshape the culture there to um, reestablish that program to what it is now, um, and TCU—they uh, were the underdogs coming in to coming into the game, and Michigan. I mean, you know, when you when you look at Jim Harbaugh's teams, they usually dominate during the regular season. But when the games really count, and when there is so much at stake, that's when his teams usually fold. and I mean he hasn't he hasn't really done much his teams haven't really done much in big moments. uh, so was it much of a surprise? Sure, but then at the same time it wasn't really a surprise because we know the history. And we know that Jim Harbaugh and, and Michigan has um, disappeared in big moments. And that's what we saw on Saturday. But when you look at the game early on, TCU set the tone Um their, their, their offense was, 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 you know, solid early. Uh, they, they took, a, a big lead early day they, they led by two touchdowns i believe early on in that game if i if my memory uh, serves me correctly but the thing that hurt michigan the most were the damn miscues they they had a lot of miscues in that game you know you had the fourth and 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 um goal was it fourth and goal were and, they, uh, were, yeah. they were denied they Wrestling. were denied a touchdown yeah and there was a there were some questionable calls
0: in that in that game as well.
2: There, there were, there were, but but at the same time, you can't, you know, uh, you you can't. You know what? Yeah, you, you can't let that beat you. I killed yeah, Michigan. You can't I can't let the exactly, Michigan you. win. Like yeah. you, you have to uh, eliminate some of those mistakes that you made. You know, yeah. they made too many
0: mistakes, and, and they made too many the, mistakes. The, the the two pick sixes really killed
2: them. Exactly, or, or, or and, they would have won that so- game. That was uncharacteristic because J.J. McCarthy uh, very rarely turns over the ball. He he takes care of the football. And that's something that Michigan has been great at all years, taking care of the football. And when Donovan, when they're running back, Donovan, um, help me with his last name. Oh, they're, man. they're running back. Yeah, see, you going blank, too. You're going blank, too. But you know who it is. Uh, he, he, he. Was able to get to the second level of TCU's defense, and he, picked up, uh, yeah, there you go. He picked up a chunk of yards on that play. I thought, I thought it was going to be like that all day. I, I thought Michigan was going to run the ball, yeah. and make it do so well. I thought they was going to pound the football, and, and that's where I, I give, was going to beat up on TCU. I really that's I'll, give T, I'll give TCU
0: some credit because I had Michigan win that game, and the main reason was I thought. Michigan would control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, offensive line and defense. And That's what T-C- I thought. TCU was able to to control the line of scrimmage, and that that surprised me. And uh, right, hey, Michigan made mistakes. Now, I think I don't know if TCU is going to be able to do the same thing against Georgia. Uh, but with that being said, I mean Georgia very could could have could have very easily lost that game to Ohio State. Uh, like I said, Ohio State let that game slip through their hands. They probably should have won that game. And, uh, cause I, I ain't gonna lie, I was rooting for Ohio State and Michigan just cause I'm I'm a Big Ten guy. I'm an IU fan, but we're, we don't talk about IU football right now. Well, they're not very good. But, uh, <laughs> but with that being said, I was, so I was hoping for a rematch of Michigan and Ohio State for a national championship. But like, okay, that'd be pretty cool for the Big Ten. Both of them end up losing. Now we're getting Georgia and TCU, and, uh, it's,
2: it's gonna be fun to watch. And, uh, it's going to be fun to watch cuz now you got the underdog you got David versus Goliath so you got the underdog versus a, a Georgia Bulldog team that is looking to win its but do you, second title in back-to-back years
0: yeah um, do you think that uh do you think TCU do you think TCU is going to be able to keep up with Georgia do you think
2: if they can control gonna, the line of scrimmage like who's going to win the game, Georgia or TCU? Georgia has nothing to lose. They're playing with house money now. In, in a in a big game and of this magnitude, mean,
0: I mean Georgia's a, Georgia's go, trying to repeat, so I wouldn't say Georgia's trying to,
2: Georgia's trying say to say repeat, they're with house money.
0: There's, there's some, more people there's some pressure on them,
2: but more there's some pressure on them, but more people have Georgia winning over TCU. Oh yeah, and, well, that's what I'm and, saying. They're going to
0: be the favorite, so that right. you have and, that and, pressure and, on you. The team that and, really don't have pressure on them. To me, would be TCU, because nobody expected you to be in the national true, championship true, game. True,
2: true. So and I, TCU,
0: they- I, I think TCU's going to go in there, going in there with nothing to lose because hey, we've we've already made it far, farther than anybody thought we was going to.
2: Right, so and they've been doubted all
0: year. That's TCU. Why, that's why I think I think there's more more pressure on Georgia because they're trying to repeat, and you're you're supposed to be the kind of taking over for, taking college football over from Alabama. And then if you go, you lose to you lose to the underdog. You know, what I mean that that kills all that momentum. So
2: America likes to root for the underdog, and I like TCU. I think it's a cute story. I think it's I think it's football's cutest story. You know. Yeah, and that's and- what that's
0: what I was saying. Dustin, they won't have nothing to lose because nobody expects them to win. Uh, it's going to be
2: fun. It's been uh, fun to watch the Horn Frogs. It, it really has, and that I mean, says it,
0: it would be great for college football for TCU right. to win.
2: It would. They threw the kitchen sink at Michigan, though. They did, and D. Winters he was flying all over the field, you know, making plays, and they were taking advantage of Michigan's miscues, and they were able to capitalize on those mistakes. Uh, you know, the momentum. Uh, to me, the momentum shifted after that that pick, after J.J. McCarthy threw that that pick six, that's when the momentum kind of shifted in that game. You know, J.J. McCarthy just didn't look like himself, you know, and there was uncharacteristic throws from him. You know, there was uh, a a ton of mistakes that Michigan uh, never really made, you know, and that's another thing. This game was so bizarre, Chris, because usually Michigan gets off to a fast start. They didn't. And usually TCU is the team that's playing from behind. TCU is a team that like to mount comebacks. Um, They have done that all year. Found a way to pull off improbable, miraculous comebacks. Uh, This time they didn't have to do that. They just had to hold off Michigan as Michigan tried their luck late in the the second half. But it just wasn't enough uh, to pull it out in the end.
0: Yeah, Dad said he's gonna be rooting for TCU. That's who I'm gonna root for. I, I always I like the underdog. Just I man. do too. I do too. Uh, I like and, underdog. Uh, Justin says, "Look at last year. Since he played a better game against uh, Georgia than Bama did, uh, I, just, I just hope it's a good game. And I, I it won't matter who, which team wins. Let's hope we have a, have a good game. Uh, because of T, especially if because if TCU, even if they don't win, if they're competitive." I I just I think that helps college football uh, tremendously. So it's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch. You got, and this weekend got all the NFL games, with playoff implications, and then Monday night uh, we'll, we get that champ get that championship game. So it's been a, uh, good fun time in sports. NBA starting to get deeper into the season. My my Pacers are playing good basketball. Picked up another win tonight. Uh, one like we won four four in a row now. Uh, and we won, and and against some of the uh better teams as well. Um, uh, we beat the Clipper Clippers. Who else? we beat the Clippers, the Cavs. I mean, we're we're beating some of the better teams, so it's that's nice to see the Pacers finally playing some good, ba- pretty good basketball early. In, it's still early in the season, so I'm not getting too hype, but
2: I I, I think I think. I think you're going to see the Indiana Pacers in the playoffs this year. Sometimes we don't have the true identity on the NBA team until around February, but the Pacers are playing great basketball right now. They look solid. Hey,
0: Tyrese Halliburton is a dog, man.
2: Yep. It, it,
0: people better start putting a little bit more respect on him because I tell you what, he put on another show tonight. Um, He's putting up all-star numbers. Oh, yeah. I think I think he's going to have a chance to make the all-star team.
2: He should. He definitely has pleaded his case early on. I mean, he has cemented his status, so I don't see why not.
0: Then Donovan Mitchell dropped like 71 points tonight
2: on the Bulls, man. Oh, he looks like a completely different <laughs> player since he's joined the Cleveland Cavaliers. He looks like a player that's fully energized, uh, that's deeply engaged in the game of basketball, towards the, the tail end of his career in Utah, you didn't see that same pizzazz. You didn't see that same energy. You didn't see a guy who looked like he was fully committed or interesting, interested in basketball. Now that he has that change of scenery, now that he's with a different group of players, he looks like the Donovan Mitchell that first came into the league and and made quite a scene when he... Was a younger player in, in in the early part of his career in Utah.
0: No, oh, no, yeah, he, he's been he's playing been playing good basketball. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets have been looking good. They're uh since they, ever since they got rid of of Nash as coach, they've been playing good basketball. Uh, but yeah, you, I agree with you. I don't. Other than I watch, I watch if there's no football on, I watch I watch the Pacers if, if they're on. But other than that, I don't watch a whole lot of full NBA games to you get closer to probably end of January, February. But but I've been I tell you what, this Pacer, Pacer team is fun to watch. I've been watching a lot of their games uh, this season, which like I said, usually I watch if if, if there ain't no NFL on, I usually watch watch Pacers. But if there's NFL or a good college football game on. I'm. Mean, I, I'm more. I'm. I'm more into the football part of it on on TV anyway. The NBA. Now I love NBA playoffs, but the rate the regular season just man. There's so many games and I, they don't. Some people, some teams, and some players take it seriously. Some don't take the regular season seriously. And so, although to me the regular season gets kind of watered down. Now you get the playoffs. I, I love watching the NBA playoffs. But uh
2: it's the have, best time, it's the best time of the year for basketball is NBA playoffs. I just think NBA playoffs is hell of too long. I I think March Madness wins, coming up here in a couple wins, months. Two months for the playoffs. That, that's ridiculous to me, you know.
0: Yeah. But uh was there anything anything else you wanted to talk about before we jump off here for tonight?
2: Prayers yeah. going up to uh
0: The
2: young, yeah, I, I forgot his name that quick. Uh the Bill Safety prayers the and his family. Uh, you know, I'm pulling for him. Um, I hope he pulls through. And our concerns, our concern shouldn't be on football right now. We should be more concerned about this man's health and safety, uh, because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Those
0: are my final thoughts. All right, my final thoughts are going to be same, kind of the same at the same thing. Prayers for De- Demar Hamlin, his family, uh, everybody that was there tonight. Just to have to see something like that uh, isn't great to have to see. Uh, plus, we well, thank everybody for joining us. Love, love all the ac- uh, activity in the uh, in the chat. Uh, we appreciate it. Please hit that subscribe button on YouTube at Gonzo Sports Room and at the Sports Judge, and also at the All Sports All Plays Network. Like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, all at Gonzo Sports Room. I know you can find the judge on TikTok now. Gonzo Sports Room will be on TikTok here soon. We, we're not there yet, but we're on all other social media. At Gonzo Sports Room, find out all about our different shows. We do uh, Easy Money, a sports betting show every uh, every afternoon, Monday through Friday, three 3.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Time. Also do an Indianapolis Colt show Mondays and Fridays, horseshoe talk. We uh do a lot of independent pro wrestling. If you like pro wrestling, go check out our YouTube page and our Facebook page. There's all kinds of independent pro wrestling stuff on there. We've we've had shows that Mick Foley's been at, uh, the Boogeyman, Rikishi. So uh, the Rock and Roll Express. So you can find all that stuff at, on YouTube at Gonzo Sports Room. Uh we we appreciate all the support. uh I know on behalf of me and the judge, first for show of the new year, we, we appreciate all the support uh, that we've gotten so far. But, uh, hey, tell a friend about us. Hit that subscribe button. we greatly appreciate it. And we'll see you guys Wednesday night, 11 p.m. Eastern for another episode of Gonzo and the Judge Sports Talk. Everybody have a good night.